Well, if you got your Bibles, I want you to go to Psalm 103, please. You, you. And uh, I just the way that I saw, you know, the way that Pastor John when he was speaking in uh, Ethiopia. Am I on? Can you can you turn me up a little bit? Because I'm, I'm always uh, I don't want to be yelling here. Feels just like Ethiopia over there, Chris. You know, if you just want to yell, just good morning. Just look down. That's so fun. Awesome, but Psalm 103, I'm going to read this to you, and uh, I'm actually going to stick some time in the Passion Translation this morning, just for some different terminology a little bit, so bear with me, you can follow along. This is the new living on the screen, but I want you just to hear these words. And my, what my goal is this morning, what I want to do, I guess the message, the, the title for this day is Miracles of Kindness. That's just what I want to talk to you a little bit about this day, kind of the season that we're in. You know, Jesus showed his kindness, and that's who he is. So wherever, wherever you're at, no matter what situation you're all about, I want you to get your eyes off of your issue, get your eyes off of people, and I want you to focus on Jesus. And uh, I just took this paragraph, one thing that I've, we, Jamie and I, we shared with our, our leadership team this past week. It came from a letter. Uh, John G. Lake had written this letter of looking for support and for some prayer from his good friend, Mr. Brooks. And Mr. Brooks it, responded back in a letter, and I, I have a piece of this letter that I just want to read to you. And it says this, I desire to hold up Jesus and make you look at him from every angle and see how beautiful he is, how all-sufficient he is, how he fills all, meets every requirement, satisfies every longing. He alone is the equipment for everything that we do. So this is the focus. It's not about, oh, how cute is that message? We're going to get our eyes on Jesus. My heart, my focus is to shift anything that you see here onto who Jesus is. Because everything we do, everything that we've experienced, even this past year, is all because of who He is. He's so good. He is so kind. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. So I'm expecting the kindness of God to rock your world this morning. It's going to wreck you in the best way possible. All right, I'm glad we're excited about that. Thank you, Ethiopia. Good night. All right. Okay, <laughs> Psalm 103, now you're following along in the New Living, I'm going to just read it to you from the Passion, it says, with my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, the Holy God. Yahweh, you are my soul's celebration, how could I ever forget the miracles of kindness that you've done for me? Verse 3, you kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all that I've done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You've, I want to just go back to verse 3 again for a second. You, you got it. Just look, what is the first word? He. He forgives all. Everybody say he. He, he does what? Forgives all of my sin. Number, then number two says, he heals all my disease. Number, go to the next one. Verse 3, I'll read it to you here. He Everybody say he. he. Who's he? <laughs> he. What does he do? He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Next. He. Say he. he. Who are we talking about? Jesus. Jesus. He does what? He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. And I'm going to read it to you from here. It says... Um, you satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I soar again like an eagle flying high in the sky. So if your life stinks right at the moment, well, he fills your life and he supercharges it so that you can fly high like, a, like an eagle again. He lifts you up. How does he do that? He fills your mouth with good things. Verse 8, it says this, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Now, you can just take some of these scriptures down for reference. I want to read these to you. Just about the kindness of God. In Psalm 86, 5, it says this, Lord, you are so good to me, so kind in every way, and ready to forgive, for your grace fountain keeps overflowing, drenching all your lovers who pray to you. He drenches you. Anybody enjoy getting drenched? Woo, bring it on. Psalm 100 and verse 5. For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and He is famous for His faithfulness toward all. 
He is famous for his faithfulness toward all. Now, I know these words are real churchy words. Like we say, I'm all faithfulness and God is kind. He's good. But I don't want you to just hear it with ears that I've always heard this. Hear it as if, man, you're just, you're seeing Jesus for the first time. He is so kind, it will astound you. Anybody ever been astounded before? <laughs> okay, two people. Praise the Lord. Okay. Man, you, what is that? What happens when you get it when somebody astounds you? Man, you just, you sit go, whoa, are you serious? What? Thank you for that. All right. <laughs> he is famous for his faithfulness toward all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted for he keeps his promises to every generation. Psalm 117 verse 2. For he has conquered us with his great love and his kindness has melted our hearts. Remember he used to be a jerk? Remember that? You came into kindness with God, what did it do? Jerk left, and sweet you came in. Do you remember that? I remember that. When I came in contact with the kindness of God, man, it'll, it'll change the toughest of the tough and make you a little, little, little gushy bear. It changes everything about you. I'm going to just read that to you again. His kindness has melted our hearts. His faithfulness lasts forever, and He will never fail you. So go ahead, let it all out. Praise Yahweh! <laughs> there we go. The spirit of Ethiopia is coming on us. There we go. Psalm 130, verse 7. says, Keep hoping, keep trusting, and keep waiting on the Lord, for He is tender-hearted, He is kind, He is forgiving. He has a thousand ways to set you free. <laughs> Aren't you glad it doesn't... Listen, the Bible never exaggerates. Right? He never exaggerates. So if you're facing an issue and you can only see a rock and a hard place, he's got 998 other ways to get you out of it. <laughs> Psalm 105 verse 13, it says, You are the Lord who reigns over your never-ending end, kingdom through all ages of time and eternity. You are faithful to fulfill every promise you've made. You manifest yourself as kindness in all you do. Let me just say that again. You manifest yourself. So manifest simply means he reveals himself. He showcases himself. How? As kindness in all that he does. He's not here to show, I'm so powerful. It doesn't say he comes to show how powerful he is. He shows how kind he is. And kindness is power. <laughs> so his kindness causes now three things. It causes me to do three things. Number one, it causes me to draw close to him. When you've experienced the kindness of God, your response, I don't care if you're a, the toughest guy in here, your kindness, his kindness, will cause you to do these things. Number one, it will cause you to go close to him. Romans chapter 2, verse 4, it says, The kindness of God leads people to change the way that they live. And secondly, in Psalm 119, verse 65, it says, Your extravagant kindness to me makes me want to follow your words even more. Secondly, his kindness causes me to rejoice. You get excited about it. And that's why we, that's why we sing. It's not just to fill up time in the, in the service. It's an opportunity for you to let loose. As a family, we come gathered together. You can just let loose. Because when you've experienced his kindness, the only response you have is to let loose. He is so good. It says this in Psalm 32, verse 11. Celebrate the goodness of God. He shows this, this kindness to everyone who is his. Go ahead. Shout for joy, all you upright ones who want to please him. Go ahead and shout for joy. Woo! Lastly, his kindness causes me to share his kindness with others. Psalm 40, verse 10, it says, I don't keep it a secret or hide the truth. I preach of your faithfulness and kindness, proclaiming your extravagant love to the largest crowd I can find. If it's one, man, I will share that kindness with the one. So again, this is my, this is my, I know the focus, what the Lord wants to do this morning is that you see the kindness of God. He heals all your diseases. Why? Because he's all powerful? No, because he's kind. Right. He fills you with his Holy Spirit. Why does he do that? Just to, you know, do something for us? No, it's because he's kind. Why did he forgive you of all your sin? It's not based on anything that you good or how many rules you've kept or how much you've read the Bible. It's based on his kindness. So go back to Psalm 103. I want you to see this. How does God manifest his kindness? How does he reveal it? How does he showcase it? Well, look again. Verse 3. 
It says, Yahweh, you are, or sorry, you kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all that I've done. So number one is, he forgives all of my sin. You're forgiven. Number two, what does he do? He heals just a few of the diseases. Man, all, even ones that they're making up now. All, all diseases. God doesn't go, oh, I've never seen that virus before. Shoot, that's a tough one. No, no, all, it's already got an answer for it. All. Thirdly, he rescued me from hell and saved my life. That's his kindness. How many of you are not going to hell? <laughs> What's that from? Not based on anything that you've done. It's based on his kindness. Number four, he crowns me. I don't crown myself. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. Number five, he satisfies my every desire with good things. How many got some desires in your heart? He satisfies them. He satisfies it. It doesn't say anywhere in here, I satisfy my own desires. No, He satisfied them. Yeah. Number six, He supercharged my life so that I can soar again just like an eagle in the sky. Woo, so this morning, what we're going to talk about, there's, there's a lot of them, six in here. But we're going to focus on this one. He forgives all my sins, including the effect of sin, which is guilt and shame. He's forgiven us. You are forgiven. Say, I'm forgiven. This is one of the greatest gifts at Christmas time we celebrate is that God is no longer mad at people. He's never been angry at people and now he came to showcase it. I'm not mad at you. I forgive. So he sent Jesus in John chapter 1 verse 17. You can see this on the screen. It says, the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. So Jesus came to reveal what? The unfailing love and the faithfulness of God. He came to reveal it. We talked about this last week, a couple weeks ago. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, God did not send His Son into the world to judge or to condemn the world, but to, that, to save the world through Him. But to save. This is His heart. This is who He is. So... John chapter 8, I want to just show you, okay, so you've heard about the kindness of God. I want to just show you this grace and unfailing love in action. Are you ready? Yeah. Cool, I'm going to show you just an example in the Bible, and then I'm going to show what he did for your life. So John chapter 8, and this is just an account of uh, a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Now, this ain't a pretty sight. And you'll see, uh, you'll see what religion likes to do, and then you'll see what Jesus does. So I'm going to, I want to read it to you from the Passion. You can just follow along on here. But it says, Jesus walked up to the Mount of Olives near the city where he spent the night. Then at dawn, Jesus appeared in the temple courts again, and soon all the people gathered around to listen to his words. So he sat down and taught them. So you got this picture in your mind, all right? So Jesus walks up here, and lots of people come gathered around, right? It's not just, you know, a few little people. Thousands upon thousands of people gather around him because they want to hear his words, okay? Now... Then in the middle of his teaching, so right about now, the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd. Now just picture him just, uh, just come on, get, just get hit by a religious guy for a second. Anybody ever get hit by religion before? It's interrupting. It's annoying. It's in your way. What, idiot, what's wrong with you? It's just, it's real mean. It's real harsh. They want to break through the crowd. Anybody, you know? Thank you for your involvement. Okay, cool. I used to teach. I used to be a youth pastor, so this is what, this is what you know, the youth kids would be hitting each other by now. So if you want to hit each other, feel free. Okay. They broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made, look at, made her stand in the middle of everyone. Now, when you're ca caught in the act of something, oh, let's just adultery. If you're caught in the middle of it, are you clothed? nothing, maybe scraps. So what religion did is bust through this crowd and they took this woman who was caught in the middle of it and threw her in the middle of everyone and said, look, showcase, showcase her, embarrassing, shaming, guilt, condemn. 
Jesus, verse 4 says, Then Jesus, they said to Jesus, Teacher, we caught this woman, and I can, just, I can just see their smug face. Teacher, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Doesn't Moses' law command us to stone to death a woman like this? Tell us, what do you say we should do with her? Verse 6, they were only testing Jesus because they hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him of breaking the law of Moses. But Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger. <laughs> Just love that. So somebody asks you a real hard question. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get a mat. <laughs> Let's finish off. It says, angry, they kept insisting that he answer their question. So Jesus finally stood up, looked at them and said, let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. At then he bent over again and wrote some words in the dust again. <laughs> Upon hearing that, her accusers slowly left the crowd one at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest, with a convicted conscience. Verse 10, until finally Jesus was left alone with the woman standing there in front of him. So he stood back up, he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one to condemn you? Verse 11, looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. And just by seeing her response, I see no one, Lord. She's had a, a revelation. She's seeing who this guy is. Think about it for a moment. Like just, so you, you're, seeing the, you're seeing Pharisees and Jesus. So you're seeing Pharisees angry and they're insisting, tell us, what do we do with her? Should we stone her? And meanwhile, you see Jesus very calm. And what's he doing down here? He's, he's getting the answer from, the, from the, the Holy Spirit inside him. He's, what do I need to do? So he's looking, checking on the inside for an answer. Now I want you to think during this time, this woman, she's standing here in front of everyone. Pharisees yelling to kill her. So you got people like, you could be dead in minutes. You don't know what's going to happen, right? You're come towards Jesus. She sees Jesus coming, bending down there on the ground. Like, why, why are you in the dust? Like, <laughs> hook me up, like something. And these guys are yelling, kill her. So you can see there's just a ton of emotion. These guys all left. And so look at, look, look at her, the relief. Lord, no one's here to condemn me. She saw something. She got a glimpse of who he was. And who is he? The one who doesn't condemn. Now look what is Jesus' answer. Jesus said, then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go from now on and sin no more. This, look at this whole picture of this woman standing here. I, there, nobody's here to condemn me, Lord. And so Jesus' response, neither do I. And she was caught in the very act of it. <laughs> right, pulled right out of the act. And Jesus looks at her and says, I condemn you not. I find no fault in you. I find no mistake in you. I condemn you not. Man, could you imagine? So this woman leaves. Could you imagine the, what happened to her? I'm forgiven. I'm free. There's no fault in me anymore. He, he let me go. I'm forgiven. I'm free. I can just go. Do you think that her life changed? Yes. Absolutely. What changed it? She saw the kindness of God in which way? Forgiveness. Her, her life completely changed because of one encounter with kindness. And Jesus revealed this kindness through forgiveness. I condemn you not either. Now I want you to look at Luke chapter 15. You doing okay? Luke 15, and we all know this story. The story of the prodigal son. And I, I love this story because I've been reading to this to my boys for a very long time now. I could pretty much quote the whole children's Bible to you in that area. Papa, let's, talk, let's read about the one with the guy with no money. Yeah, sure. <laughs> let's go there again. <clears throat> but Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll read it up here. It says, to illustrate Jesus' point further, Jesus told him a story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. And just so you know, in the Middle East culture, that is very offensive. It's pretty much saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me your money. And you say that to your dad in the Middle East. Son, we've been too babied over here. You have no idea what would happen to that guy. No mama's going to defend that, just so you know. <laughs> so his father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in 
wild living. I just wanted everyone to say that word, but my Oma did. Okay, cool. <laughs> About that time, so he spent all of his money in Oma, what was it again? Wild, okay, wild living. And about that time, his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. <sighs> he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs, looked good to him. And in Max's words, what did, what did the guy begin to do? Eat! And Max would go, piggy food! <laughs> Because no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, you know, I want to read this to you from my area, my version here. Um, let me see, where, what, what verse is that? 20. Okay, so the young man sent off for his home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming dressed as a beggar, and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son, who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over and over with tender love. Now, I love this in the, the kids' translation Bible. <laughs> it goes, uh, so what do you think the father's response was? Do you think the father folded his arms and said, that'll teach you, and just you wait, young man. And then my children would say, no, that's not how the story goes. What happens? The father leaps off the porch, runs, races down the hill, through the gap in the hedge, up the road, and he finally grasps his son. He kisses him and can't stop telling how much he loves him. Bible, baby translation. <laughs> can't stop. He can't stop. Why? I want you to see this. On this prodigal road, what met him? Just you wait. Grace smacked him in the face on that very road. Man, he's, he's coming home on this road thinking, oh, my dad's going to whoop me. Like, he's not sure if I, I I'm so sorry. Like, th listen, he's coming in this, this is how he's entering the home. Dad, I messed up. I am so sorry. I, I, I made a big mistake. I wasted your money. I'm not worthy to be called your son. If you could just let me be a servant. This is how he's approaching him. But I want you, what, what meets his son rather than this, I told you it's, Yes. Open arms. And you can even see it in verse 21. Then the son began, in the, Bible, in the baby translation, he's beginning his I'm sorry speech. Says, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. And then in my Bible, it's dot, dot, dot. The father interrupted him and said, Son, you're home. Didn't even bring it up. You do even see the father going, so, wild living, hey? <laughs> How was that for you? <laughs> did you enjoy your time? How did that work out? No, he doesn't even bring it up. Instead, the father, son, you're home. Turning to his servants. <laughs> the father said, quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate for this beloved son of mine was once dead, but now he's alive. Once he was lost, but now he is found and everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. And notice about this God or the father in this story doesn't have a hidden motive behind it. He's not going, okay, I'm going to show kindness, but you're going to make this up to me. You're going to work your butt off for the rest of your life until you paid me back that money. No, it was completely done. He put a line in there and said, that's it. Now I want to just read you some. I had some notes on it. I just said, the kindness of God met this boy on the road back home. He didn't think about, the, the son didn't think that he would receive this kindness, the kind of treatment, but this is who our Jesus is. 
Shame and guilt came into contact with grace, and grace wins every time. If you approach Jesus and you oh, I feel so bad, he will come with his grace and he will slap grace all over you until that guilt and shame is completely wiped off. Grace wins every time. But I don't deserve it. I did this. Grace wins every time. The father didn't run out. This, the, the father determined how this rest of this boy's life is going to look. His response to what this is going to look like is all based on how he's responding. So if he would have came back and son, you idiot, wasted all that money, you good for nothing, he could have done that. Instead, because this is who our God is, runs up, picks him up, dusts him off, gives him the best of everything he has, and says, son, you're home, let's have a party. <laughs> we need to get into party mode, church. We are so stuck in, oh, God, I just messed up. Get into party mode. You can't be, oh, God, when you're partying. We're so good at beating people up and you did this and you did that. And you're useless. Meanwhile, God is running, picking people up and said, you're home. I'm coming home. I'm home. I'm home. And what happens? He said, let's have a party. So let me encourage you. Get into party mode real quick because the father is partying. If you're not going to party, you're going to be just as lame as the oldest son. Do you know how to be a good child to your dad? Party up. I'm serious. We come in here thinking, okay, well, it's church, and you know, I don't want to raise my hands or sing too loud. Are you kidding me? It's a party. Why? Because I've been forgiven. Do you think, like, do you think this woman that was caught in the act, do you think she went back and, oh, you know, I'm just so weak? No, she went back going, woo, I'm forgiven. Her changed her entire life. Meanwhile, we got people still stuck in this sin consciousness. I've messed up. You got to get into this party consciousness. I'm forgiven. The, par the father threw a huge party for me, put a ring on my finger, put a robe on, gave me the sweetest Nike sandals, and oh yeah, here I am. And just act as if you are the righteousness of God because you is. All right. Now, Shame, as I said, shame and guilt came into contact with grace and the grace of God wins every time. What is shame? Shame really is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. I feel so bad. I feel so guilty. I feel so wrong. What Jesus did on the cross didn't only take away the sin, but the effects of sin as well. The shame, the guilt, the, the condemnation of it. He took that all away so that you could have this party. Listen, in the Old Testament, what happened? Sin was just covered. Right? If this pulpit was, the, was sin, this is what the, the blood of the animals and goats could do. It could cover the sin, so they would leave the sacrifice there, but they still had it in their consciousness. Man, I messed up. I, I did this. I screwed up again. It would still be there. But now go to Colossians chapter 2. Are you ready? Are you ready for a party? Oh, it's Christmas. We can't party. Give me a break. Man. <laughs> Christmas does not have to be the saddest time of year for you. Why? Because you are forgiven. Oh, you don't know my past. What I screwed up. It, listen, it doesn't matter. Jesus paid the ultimate price for it. What do you have to do? You simply receive it. It's not based on what you do or how good you are. He does what? Forgives all. Sorry, all? All means all, as we've heard numerous times if you've been a Christian for so long. All means what? All. All. Everything. But who forgives? He does. It's not based on what you think if he forgave you. He said he forgave you. Believe it. Okay, Colossians chapter 2. And again, I'm going to read this to you from my fun translation. Because it's a party translation. Now let me ask you, do you think that son ever went back to wild living? Oma, do you think he ever did that? <laughs> Absolutely not. Why? Because when you come in contact to the kindness of God, you are forever changed. Why am I here today preaching on a Sunday morning? It's because I came in contact with the kindness of God. Why is your life changed that you're no longer hung over on a Sunday morning? It's because you came in contact with the kindness of God and it changed your life. What changes a person coming out of religion? 
who was so focused on doing, doing, and I got to do this and I got to do that, to now enjoying their relationship with God. They come in contact with kindness. That's all that it is. Why are we people who celebrate? We're people who've come in contact with kindness. Because when you come in contact with kindness, it changes everything about you. When someone buys your coffee in a line ahead of you, what does it do? Gee, thanks. That's so sweet. That's really kind of you. But Jesus didn't just pay for a $2 cup of coffee. He paid for your entire salvation package. So we got to see it. You got to open your eyes to it and see what he did. Again, I want to hold up Jesus and I want to turn him around so you can see how beautiful he is from every angle. He did it all. He did it all. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 11 says this. Through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of heart. <laughs> okay. I got Adam and Colton saying, okay. we should show that video soon so people understand what I'm laughing at. But uh, Adam and Colton did a skit on uh, how to, how not to reach, how did it go? How not to reach the world or how to reach people that aren't Christians. And he's, so Adam is talking, oh man, I've been, I've been, my heart's been circumcised and I've been covered in the blood. And Colton pretending to be the, the guy who's not a Christian going, your heart got circumcised? Like, what, what are you talking about? You're, you're covered in, you're covered in what now? <laughs> right? So I just picked it up in the middle of this thing. So if, if you're not really familiar with this terminology, come and talk to me afterwards and I'll, I'll explain this because you can go. Yeah, or through our union with him, we have been circumcised in our heart. It doesn't mean our physical heart. It's anyway, This goes into a whole other direction. I'm going to just read this. And if you're like, what is he talking about? Well, just ask somebody really smart around you. Or come talk to me. We'll figure it out. <laughs> through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of heart. Praise the Lord. All of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now... Ex <laughs> and is now extinct because of what Christ, the Anointed One, has accomplished for us. Verse 12. For we've been buried with Him into His death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with Him when we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised Him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. Now here we go. Verse 14. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. The old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Verse 15. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. So what's that basically saying? Jesus went to go kick some booty down there. And what he did is he absolutely destroyed it. And by doing so, he has taken away sin entirely. Gone. Like it's no longer this covered sense. It's not just Jesus didn't just do this. He completely, I can't, you know, ta-da. But he completely wiped the thing out. So guess what? The table is not even here. It's not even here anymore. It's a non-issue. So now you can go before God as if you've never done a thing wrong. This is what he says. This, this is the, the other response could have been, why, you no good son. You could have done this. Instead, you're home. Yeah. So what has he done? He threw away the elephant in the room. Yeah. And he, here's the cool thing about it. God didn't just like, oh, magic, magic, poof, and it's kind of gone. No, what did he do? This is what's so astounding about what Christmas is all about. It's not just God, you know, kind of pretended that sin's not there. No, he put all the sin on someone, his son. That's why Jesus came. He came to take everything that we screwed up in and he took it all on himself and so that he could die with it. So that's why God can move the table. It's not like God put it in the table, kind of dressed it up pretty and said, uh, let's just not talk about that. No, no, no. He said, I'm going to talk about this. This is the problem between me and you. I need this thing gone. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Jesus, I'm going to send myself in flesh, and I'm going to put all the sin, every problem that mankind has ever done, dealt, dwelt with, I'm going to put it all on him. He's going to die with it and get rid of it. So it's a legal aspect. It's completely finished. Who am I? I'm forgiven. Who am I? I'm forgiven. That's who I am. That's why I can party. Listen, that's why you can raise your hands in church. That's why you can dance in church. Why it's not just because, oh, I like this song. Oh, yeah. No, no, you can dance to the weirdest song. It doesn't matter because I'm forgiven. Do you think this son, when he came back meeting his father and the DJ's up there, rrr, 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 and all of a sudden the son's not like, man, I don't like that tune. That tune's lame, man. Get a real beat. No, it didn't matter what was playing on the track. He came in. Woo! He had a revelation that he was forgiven. Now, for some of you who grew up in church like I did, sometimes you kind of take that for granted. Go, oh, yeah, I'm forgiven. No, no, it only, it's only been recently where I've realized I am forgiven. So when I enter this party, I don't just kind of come in with this entitlement, oh, sing the song that I want, DJ. No, I come into this house every morning with great expectancy. I am forgiven. Jesus, thank you. And I can't help but worship. I can't help but listen to what's being said. I can't help. I can't wait to give in the offering because it's not something I'm trying to get from God. He already gave it to me. I enter now freely going, he met me on the road, my, the prodigal road. Yeah, I was on that. He met me with grace. He met me with kindness. So I don't deserve it. Get rid of it. What we deserve is hell, but he changed it. Anyway, I'm glad you're, yeah, I just had the, the preach came on, you know, you had to do it. And I love this, Isaiah 43, 25. This is the New Living. It says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake. <laughs> he didn't even do it for you. <laughs> Who did he do it for? Himself. <laughs> Why? Because he wants to see you as his child. Oh, God, I messed up. Whoa, 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 whoa. He, he, I'm blotting it out. Now, here, don't get me wrong. It's not like you can just go sin and yippee, yippee, he's going to forget it. No, if you do mess up, well, this is what we can do. We repent of it. Repent doesn't just mean, oh, I'm sorry. It's not remorse and, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I feel bad, I feel bad. It's I'm going to change the way that I think according to this, and I'm going to go to your word. Okay, that's what you tell me to do? Now I'm going to live this way. That's repentance. But I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. I, ah. In the voice, voice translation, it says, so let's get this clear. This, like, this isn't just Isaiah talking. This is actually God speaking. This is God speaking. It's not just Isaiah the prophet, even by unction. He's, this is the Lord speaking directly to him. He's saying, let's get this clear. It's for my own sake that I save you. I am he who wipes the slate clean and erases your wrongdoing. I will not call to mind your sins anymore. I'm going to say that one more time. I will not call to mind your sins anymore. So you have to stop remembering the sin that God himself doesn't even know exists. Now again, the Bible doesn't exaggerate. So it's not like, guys, I'm not going to remember it. And then, oh, I know what you did last week, Marcel. I know what you did last No, 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 no. God is very good at this. He can forget things very good. So good, in fact, that he doesn't even know it exists. Not only does he remember every small detail of your life, but there's some things that he chooses not to ever remember. And listen, when he chooses not to remember it, he doesn't remember it. I, let me just read this to you. This is God. I will not call to mind your sins anymore. You need to say this with me. God will not call to mind my sin anymore. So now what can you think on? Not on, oh, I messed up, or how come I keep falling into the same trap over and over again? Start thinking on how right you are, how right he made you to be. You know what's the biggest killer? Is a sin consciousness or a sin mindset where I've done this, I've been guilty of this. No, it's done. Who am I now? I'm righteous. I stand before, listen, the party door is open. I, when you come into this party zone, this is party time. Not, I messed up. No, I'm right. I stand here as if I've never done a thing wrong. Why? Because I am forgiven. That's how you can party freely. 
Not a care. Paul said the same thing. He said, I have wronged no man. Paul. Yeah, good one, Paul, you liar. No. How can he say that? He's forgiven. <laughs> so this Christmas, he goes and he looks at you as if you've never done a thing wrong. Oh, but Christmas, I messed up in my family. My past, I've got divorce. On, I feel like I've divorced, and so I got this, I feel like. I messed up with my kids. He sees no fault with you. He's already forgiven you. So what do you got to do? Join the party. Just jump in. Get all in involved in it. Hey, oh. Now, okay, got two minutes. Forgiveness produced two things. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 22, I'm not going to read it, but forgiveness of sin produced these very powerful things. Number one, it produced access and boldness in the presence of God as if I've never done anything wrong. Access and boldness. Secondly, because what Jesus did on the cross, his blood has totally cleansed me. I now have a sincere heart, clean conscience, and my bodies were washed with pure water. I'm totally cleansed from the inside out. These bodies have to be redeemed, but as, as far as God's concerned, He's purified this body, this flesh. Right here. He purified it. Oh, but you got tattoos. Hey, I have full access this way. People pick, people pick up on the stupidest thing, on what they think holiness is. Holiness has nothing to do with the external. It is from the inside out. Religion looks at, well, you have this, and you did this, and you got that. God works from the inside out. Anyway, that was just a free plug-in for religious folk. No, you can see Jesus' hatred towards legalism, towards this religious mindset. Because what it does, it turns people away from God because people have no access anymore because they think they'll never be good enough. And the truth is, you'll never be good enough. <laughs> if you can just clean yourself up, listen, you will never be clean enough to enter God's kingdom, God's presence, without Jesus' blood cleansing you. So what he, Jesus, did, he went to the root of the matter and cleaned us from the inside out. And lastly, what this should produce in you when you come to the realization, I am forgiven. He forgives all my sins is joy. Great joy. Romans chapter 4 and verse 4 says, When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, right standing with God, not because of their work. So you're not standing right before God based on how good you went to church today. Oh, I did good. I mean, I, we, the pastor gave me a 9 out of 10. I was worshiping real well. You know, I gave in the offering. Oh, yeah, yay, praise the Lord. Yeah, that was, I'm watching to see. Yeah, they responded well. Yeah, here, Guami 7.5 out of 10 next time, a little bit louder. Right? It, it doesn't do that. It's not based on what you do. Your right standing with God is based on, on your faith in God and what he's done for you. Uh, so David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those. Okay. When he described the happiness of those, when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Oh, yes. What joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Go back to the next, go back to verse 7 for a sec. Look at that. What joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. This needs to be on your thinking. I'm forgiven. I'm not disobedient. I don't miss God. I'm obedient to God. I always hear His voice. He always leads me. You can start speaking this way. and Get in the party. Listen, there's certain party talk that we got to understand. You can't come in here, oh, I just, oh, Lord, I messed up again. He would say, ouch, fix that attitude, and then you can come back in here. We think we, we can come into God's presence, oh, God, I messed up. You are slapping what Jesus did in the face as if it's no value. Jesus paid way too have a price for you to come into this party and go, oh, God, I just keep messing up. Out. Out. Can you see, like, how we, we you agree with that. You see that, right? But why do we still act like that? Oh, I, I had such a rough day at home. I don't know if I can worship God. You don't understand that you've been forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, I messed up with my kids. You don't understand that you've been forgiven. And in doing so, he forgave you. So now what, we, what, we, what can we do? Freely forgive. If anybody's wronged against you, because listen, unforgiveness will rob your joy here. Oh, that person out there, and he just really, you know, you're, it'll wreck your party in here. Don't let anybody mess with my party. This is my party. My father paid a big price for me to come in here and have a good time. I'm going to enjoy this party. I don't care what you do out there. I'm enjoying this party. Because what happened? We're letting other things out there dictate how I'm enjoying the party here. I'm forgiven. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to enjoy my party here. If you don't want to have a party, well, you can just go hang out with the oldest brother. Have a, have a, have a great time out there. In here, we're going to have a good time. I don't know. That's what this church is all about. We want to, we're leaving this. We're coming into here. Rock on. All right. Perfect. All right. Let's all stand up. You ready to enter the party zone? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just do that for a sec. You need to realize that you are forgiven. Just say this after me. Everyone, just close their eyes for a moment. Just lift, put one hand on your, on your heart and one hand on the air and just say this. I am forgiven. My father loves me. My father died for me. He gave me Jesus. And since he gave me Jesus, he would give me anything. So Lord, right now, I respond to that gift, that wonderful grace that met me on that road. I'm so thankful for it. I'm so appreciative of it. And I come in to your presence, into this party with thankfulness, with joy because of what you've done for me. I don't get my mind fixed on what I did. But I focus on what you did for me. Your grace is enough for me. Your grace is too much for me. So Lord, I thank you. And I boldly say, over my mind, over my being, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm free from all shame, from all guilt, from all condemnation. Because you don't condemn me, I won't condemn me. I won't let others condemn me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Woo! I celebrate in you. I worship you, Jesus. I magnify you, God. Oh, Lord, there's no one like you. You just go ahead. You just start praising him. Jesus, we thank you. Oh, full access full access into your party. Woo, we've never done a thing wrong in your sight. Lord, we thank you for it. Oh, I don't remember that sin anymore either. I don't remember that junk anymore either. I don't remember any of that garbage and that mistakes that I made. I lay it off. I cast it off. Who am I? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh yeah, I may, sure I may have done that in the past, but God says that he sees me holy faultless and above approach in his eyes. That's who I am. I'm holy. I'm righteous. I'm above reproach. I can stand before God as if I've never done a thing wrong. I stand here. So Lord, I stand here in confidence and in boldness, knowing that the blood of Jesus has done more than enough for me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. This is the good news. This is the gospel. It's too good to be true that now I can actually think I forget about my past. Absolutely. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Thank you, Lord. You know, this is going to change some of your, the way that you walk even. Where you've been kind of just, oh man, you've kind of been going with that head, head down, eyes to the ground. And you're like, I just wish I could have that confidence. I wish I could be bold. You can. How? I'm forgiven. You're not making this stuff. There's nothing that you can do to make yourself more better. Think about it. What could you possibly do to stand before God and to walk around this earth boldly? 
Man, there's nothing in yourself that you have. So what do we do? We look to Jesus. He says that I'm forgiven. He forgave all my sins. So what do I need to do? I have to change the way that I think according to how I used to think. If it doesn't line up with the word, throw it out. Oh man, I made this mistake. I'm divorced. Stop calling yourself that. It's not who you are. That may have been something that happened in your life, but the blood of Jesus has done more than just mend you or hope that you're okay or just kind of put some pieces back together. No, 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 no. He came and he heals, restores the brokenhearted. So what does he call you? Right. He calls you blessed. Oh, you know, I just, I don't have any, my, my, my job is going rough and I got no bank, money in the bank. Stop calling yourself that. Who are you? I'm blessed. Listen, when you come into this zone, it's a different way of talking here than it is out there. We got to be talking what our daddy did on that road for us. We're still talking about all the problems that we had eating with the piggies. The piggies, I had this and this guy did this. Man, get out of the pig slop. Come into this party and start talking like a citizen of this party. What do we talk like? We talk just like what our father did for us on that road. That's what we talk. What did he do? He forgave me. On that road, he healed me. On that road, he redeemed my life from hell. He took all this garbage out and he made me brand new. He put me in this place and, oh man, look at this party. The fat calf is even being cooked. Barbecue! It's a different talk. Out there, it's swapping. Oh, I just, just surviving on piggy food. No, no, no. When you're in here, you're having a BBQ, man. It is a fat calf. We're going to eat it. And if you're a vegetarian, well, you better get used to this. <laughs> you can have a salad. I'm sure there's a great salad that you can eat too. Or some kind of fish. But as for me, I will not be a vegan. I'm going to eat that barbecue and I'm going to hork that pig down. <laughs> anyway, let's not get political. I'm just, you know, coming in this room. Don't, don't go, oh, there's only meat in this room. No, everyone's welcome in this room. If you want salad, Lord will give you a salad. All I'm trying to prove is that when you get into this spot, there's a new way of thinking, a new way of talking. The, the father leapt off his throne. He gave Jesus to you. We got to start talking what he did on that road for me. And that's your testimony. That's what we go out and we tell people. I mean, when David wrote that in Psalm, I think it's 145, said, I will find everyone I can to talk about your kindness. Why? Well, what do I share? Talk about that road. Don't talk about, oh, this is what happened. I was in the pigs. No, no. Talk about what your father did for you in that moment. This is what he did for me. This is how much he loved me. Now bring them in. That's what people are going, man, they're looking for someone to enter a party with. Let's go together. And in here, man, it is joy. It's awesome. That's why the heavens, the, were, the angels were singing at this time when Jesus came. is because no longer are people stuck out here. There's access in here. Come on in. There's a wide open space. All are welcome. Amen? Woo, party time.